disruption zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. So I may have seen a Sasquatch. Okay, well, no, I didn't see the Sasquatch. I may have seen evidence of a Sasquatch. And probably not <clears throat> like a full-size Sasquatch, but probably more like maybe a baby Sasquatch. Somebody call my buddy Will Clark a WHAS. I'm just saying. Somebody call him because he is Sasquatch. And I think I saw his cat cousin. But no, no, I was... Listen, I, all I'm going to tell you is you need to hear this story. I have not told anybody about this uh, up until now. And so you are going to be the first to hear about this situation. With my buddy Lee Kirkland, Lee runs a thing called CryptidCon in Lexington, Kentucky every year. He also hangs out with some pretty cool uh, paranormal type stuff, people. Um, and because of him, we've been able to get some very interesting uh, guests on the show. And uh, so we're excited to have uh, my buddy Lee Kirkland back onto the program. And we're going to talk about his up, upcoming conference, which is November 20th and 22nd, or excuse me, 20th and 21st in Lexington, and how you can get tickets. And also, you will hear my story. Did I see evidence? Now, stop laughing. No, stop laughing. I... I saw something I can't explain, and you're going to hear all about it on this episode, this creepy episode, this cryptid episode of the Disruption Zone. But first, uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. They're so awesome, just um, really help make this labor of love possible. There's thousands of you that listen to the podcast, and we appreciate it, um, but uh, they help make this sort of labor of love doable. And uh, I'm deeply appreciative of that. But I, I wouldn't have partnered with them if I didn't believe in them. And if I couldn't tell you with not only a straight face but an honest heart that I believe this company is phenomenal and that they can get the job done for you if you are looking to upgrade your kitchen or even your bathroom. Um, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops can take you from zero to turnkey wear model in like a flash of an eye or... If you're do-it-yourself, they actually have cabinets in stock. They can cut your countertops for you if you already know your measurements, if you're a contractor, whatever. Either way, they can get the job done for you. But if you're like me and you don't, you're just not that handy, which is weird because I'm a builder's son and my dad is like phenomenally handy. I mean, he's a builder. He actually designed and built homes. I got none of that inheritance, right? Like I got his work ethic. I just didn't get his mechanical skills. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so if you're like me and you need somebody to do the work for you, uh, you're going to want somebody that does have that work ethic. And I can tell you, cause I've seen it firsthand and I'm pretty sure that, uh, Louisville cabinets and countertops is the reason our house sold within a day. When we uh, moved to Colorado, we sold our house in Oldham County and it just phew, like that. Call them at 502-930-3304, uh, or stop by the showroom at 6200 hit lane, Kelly, Michelle, George, they're all standing by there. The designers on staff waiting to make your dream come true. LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. All right, now my friend Lee Kirkland. We'll talk a little Crypticon. We'll talk a little UFO report from the government. What could those things be? And my story. What happened to me? 
What did I see? Was this evidence of a Bigfoot? What up, dude? You caught me snacking. You caught me snacking. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> what are you eating? <clears throat> a slice of country ham. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? yeah. Really? You got to do mm. that to me. What kind? Oh, so good and salty and delicious. Oh, you suck. You suck. <laughs> what What kind? What kind of country ham? I don't know, man. I get it at Kroger and they slice it real thin. Yeah. Um, Is it Clifty Farm or Smithfield? I think it's Clifty Farm. Oh, I love Clifty Farm. You know who does the mm. best Kentucky country ham, like in the world? Pins. What's that? Pins store down in Gravel Switch. Pins in Gravel Switch, which is where my wife is from, does right. a phenomenal country ham. But of course, they have ham days there in Marion County, so they have to. <laughs> but the best country ham I have ever put in my mouth was from Fitch's IGA, Leonard Fitch, and uh, at Fitch's IGA in Wilmore, Kentucky. He does, really? yeah. Oh my God, dude! You got to get in line to order that country ham, though. Like you got to, like you probably want to order your ham probably mid September. First of October at the latest, because Jeez. yeah, dude, dude will have no more time or room for it after that. So but, does he like? Does he cure them and everything himself? Yeah, he does the whole deal, and it's like a brown, gotcha. it's like a brown sugar. Oh my god, it's so, dude. I used to work in his meat room in college. That's how I, that's how, that's how <laughs> I bought my first car. Kid you not, I bought my first car. I'm rolling by the way. I I, I uh, bought my first car because I, I I asked my dad when he dropped me off at college. I said, "What about a car?" Because I I went to Asbury and there's a bunch of rich kids there and. Great school, love that school, highly recommended, but a bunch of rich kids. They all had cars, you know, like dad's old BMW or Acura. I had nothing. <clears throat> so I said to my dad, what What am I going to do about a car? He goes, I don't know, what about it? And <laughs> and then he left. <laughs> so so uh, I walked across the street, and we knew Leonard Fitch from way back in the day. I mean, they, they're they just the sweetest people in the world. And I said, I need a job. He said, I'll put you in the meat room, clean it every morning at 530. And um, uh, Bobby Proctor... Uh, was the meat manager, and uh, oh my gosh, man, he we would when it came Christmas time, they would make those country hams. We'd get to get little mm -hmm. pieces off the shavings. <laughs> oh, dude, it was so good. I don't. <laughs> I, you look at people. I live in Colorado now, and I talk to people. I'm like, y'all, y'all don't have any country ham, do you? And they're like, like I went to the store the other day. They had Boar's Head. They had a bunch of different brands. I said, y'all don't have any country mm -hmm. ham, and she looked at me like I was an alien with three eyes. Like, that's awful. And then she pointed. She's like, well, there's that smoked ham. I was like, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? She's like, no. That's hilarious. <laughs> so. <clears throat> Man, I, uh, that's one thing I totally regret. You know, I, my dad taught me a lot of stuff, but. Man, I never learned how to smoke hams and bacon and stuff like that. We had no oh, smokehouse yeah. Yeah. on our farm. And I, I just, I didn't have that interest when I was a kid, of course. But um, now you man, wish you, now you wish you had. <laughs> I, I do, yeah. I mean, because I remember his hams were so good. And yeah. I mean, you can learn all that stuff on YouTube now, but it just wouldn't be the same, you know? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the country ham has to be the right combination of sugar. But re like kind of sweet, but really, really salty at the same time. Like it's got to be, and there's just nothing like a big slice of country ham, a huge hunk of cheddar, and make a sandwich out of that. Like that to me is just, oh god, that's. I like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna slice ham like country ham. If I fry it, then I want a big slice of tomato on it. Oh yeah, yeah. But otherwise, I just like it plain, man. Yeah. I just like it with. On rolls or whatever. Sit there and yeah. eat it all day long. Yeah. Yep. So good. Man, how are you? It's good to have you back on the podcast. 
Pretty good, man. Glad to be back. Um, we started getting busy again. We were in uh, Gatlinburg over the weekend for the Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Conference. I noticed. Uh, I saw yeah, it on social media. Several, yeah. We had several guys down there. They had a huge sellout. Uh, you know, uh, they sold. They were sold. They were sold out. They had a huge crowd. Um, but man, Gatlinburg was just crazy packed. Oh man, I've never seen it so busy. Yeah, everybody's getting their vacation in since. You know, we didn't have one last year, and I think now everybody's afraid they're going to shut us down again. So, like, get it in while you can before yeah. before the exactly. uh, the government apparatus comes back in and asserts its power again. So, um, yeah, did you, did you guys actually have it? Did you find any compelling stories at the conference there? Did you talk to anybody that you thought, hey, that that sounds like a real deal on a on a Sasquatch find? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, did you find any? Okay. Did you find any uh, interesting like stories from people at the conference where you were like, "Hey, that that probably sounds legit." Yeah, you know, I was overhearing some things, man. I had um, six clients there, and so I was really busy, kind of running back and forth. Um, you know, trying to make sure everything was was good and trying to control lines and stuff, but. Um, yeah, I did hear did hear a few stories that uh, that I was that I was interested in. There was one a new one coming out of uh, uh, Powell County, and uh, it's it's undisclosed just yet. But they uh, they reported it to Charlie Raymond, the Kentucky Bigfoot Research Organization uh, president, and uh, he was trying to you know trying to tell me a little bit about it without telling me about it. If that uh, makes sense. Yeah, I got you. So yeah. he, going to, he's going to <laughs> right. So he's going to be researching that a little bit and. Uh, you know, which would be which would be pretty cool. Is that one where they might have some evidence? You think? He said it was a very up close witness, so I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah. how it would be. I'm always worried that when we see something, we might legitimately think we saw it, but it might be somebody messing with us. Now that there's so many popular shows on TV now, it's like, man, I agree with that wholeheartedly, and I also agree with with the. Uh, you know, with with technology, uh, you can't even believe video and, and and photographic evidence anymore. Right. I mean, it's just you, you just can't do it anymore. I mean, it's just too easy to manipulate and Photoshop and and everything else. So, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I just still I still think that it's going to take a you know a body. Yeah. Uh, at some point. Yeah. Well, you know, Cliff uh, Barrickman, who we had on here, thanks to you, uh, a few episodes ago. Um, he had the most logical explanation for why they've never found a body that I've ever heard. And it really, he goes, he goes, when, when, if, when in your, cause he goes, are you a hunter? And I said, yeah, he goes, all right. So when have you come across the body of say a bear decomposing? Cause it died of natural causes or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, never. And he's like, all right, when have you now a, a few deer, but there's so there's more deer now than there were when Columbus first, you know, showed up mm -hmm. here so that's kind of a little different you're eventually going to stumble on those that have been killed but it's not often we come across major predators um carcasses in the wild and and he kind of went on to explain that people should go look up that episode because it was actually really good it was a good explanation for why we didn't have a body um and there's other types of evidence like there's you know there's there's hair and stuff that have come out inconclusive which it would when you have a species no one knows what it is right I mean, right, that right. would be inconclusive. It would be somewhere between a primate and a human, maybe, um, if such a thing exists. So, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Well, I want to talk about a couple things. I want to talk about the um, uh, recent report that the government released on the UFOs and get your take on that. Um, and then I want to tell you about something I saw. You and I were texting about this. And I just want to get your take on what I saw. 
And then we can wrap up and tell people how they can come to CryptidCon uh, in November in Lexington. So uh, awesome, what, yeah. what do you want to start with? You want to start with the UFO thing? And let's go to UFOs. I'm down. All right. So <laughs> so the government came out with their report that was, you know, everybody was anticipating June 25th. And they basically said what those of us who've been around government a long time know and know how government operates, they did exactly what we thought they would do. Uh, they said there's something there. We don't know what it is. No, we don't think it's aliens, but it might be, but it might not be. They really didn't say anything <laughs> about aliens, right? They did. They just sort of hedged their bets and said there's something we can't explain. It might or might not be uh, something of this earth, basically. I, I mean, it, it wasn't even that. They didn't even go that far. It was just kind of like right. it, it, it. Super vague. Yeah, it dropped over like a lead balloon. But but mm-hmm. folks that have been paying attention to this sort of expected that to be the case. The main thing was that they seem to admit that at least there's some kind of technology out there that we do not understand and the government was willing to admit that. Right. And I think, I mean, I still think they're just slowly trying to kind of release, release this kind of information to us to see how we react. Yeah. I mean, when it was first dropped, it was right in the middle of the pandemic and nobody gave a darn about it. You know, they just, That's a good point. it just kind of was, was blown off. So I totally think that they're just kind of slowly releasing this so that it doesn't create some kind of a mass hysteria saying, you know, oh my God, there's aliens out here. Right. And, you know, I think the biggest thing would be that would create the mass hysteria would be uh, in a, in a basis of religion, you know, who, who is now this creator, you know, is it going to like put a shockwave throughout all religions saying that there's that this alien life form out there? And, I mean, there's so much, so much detail that that's going to go behind all this. I, I just don't know what the, what the end results are going to be. But I mean, I think that they're out there and I think that it's, uh, you know, I think that it's coming. Yeah. Um, and I think that we'll know in our lifetime for sure. Well, let, let, let's dive into this a little bit. Cause I, you bring up an interesting point. Cause I know you're, you're a person of faith as am I. And um, this is kind of fun to think about in terms of just where, where all this could go personally, personally, if they, if I found out tomorrow that there was another intelligence, intelligent uh, life force somewhere in the universe, I would not, it wouldn't cause me to doubt my belief in God one iota. And the reason exactly. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, because I here's here's what you gotta think about. Let, let's expand people's minds a little bit, because this could this'll this'll probably break some thought processes a little bit. But when you think about God and and what God is and who he is, he must, by the very nature of of what we believe he is, he must exist outside of the confines of space and time. Meaning that Time, as we see it, means absolutely nothing to him. It's completely irrelevant. So sometimes when we as Christians try to anchor God's creation to this silly 6,000-year timeline versus what time actually might be like in its infinitive state, it, then then it's like you, you're you're really kind of trying to limit God when you do that. And the thought the thought has occurred to me that if I were God, like what is, I love C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity book, right? Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if you've read that or not, but it's it's a really powerful book. And when you when you think about it from God's standpoint, why did He create us? He created us because He wanted to commune with something that was in His image. Um, man, why would you stop at just one? I mean, we're freaking human beings. We're amazing. We're bad, but we're also good. We're like Lay's potato chips. You can't eat just one. It may not be good for you, but you can't stop at just one. Like, why would He stop at one? I agree. I mean, it's just, man, that's deep. I don't know. Like, I, I totally think that there's other intelligent life forms out there, you know, and, and 
you know, I, I think that my God created that as well. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to grasp any other, any other concepts. You know, I'm not saying that I'm close minded on all that, but it, you know, I, I, it's not going to question my faith. And so, right. you know, I just know that it's going to question a lot of other people's and, and yeah. Well, you saw you know, where the Catholic they, Church came out a couple years ago, and they were like, I guess they got out ahead of it, and they were like, uh, yeah, if it turns out to be aliens, it doesn't really affect uh, what we believe. <laughs> right. The Pope's right. just kind of like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're good with it. <laughs> we're good with aliens. Well, the, I mean, the Pope came out and said that it was okay to believe in, in aliens you know, or other life form out there years ago. Yeah. You know, and, and so, yeah. I, I, I just don't, I don't yeah. see where, where science has ever ruled God out. And God has never contradicted science, in my opinion. And so, yeah, if we're seeing things, but here's another theory. Let me just throw, let me run another theory by you. Okay. Let me just put this out there for my, because I am a, I consider myself to be an evangelical Christian. I have some people within that realm of Christianity that are way deep ensconced in it. And I actually brought this up to a, a pretty major pastor friend of mine, and he thought it was an interesting theory. What if, okay, let's say there is no intelligent life out there. Okay, let's just say there isn't any. But what if that time was about to be here when Christ was going to return again and rapture us up into heaven? There are over a billion Christians out of like, what, 8 billion people in the world. Mm -hmm. And if we woke up tomorrow and all of us were gone, out of here, off to, to a big party, the people that are left that are going to kind of fulfill the rest of those prophecies they're going to have to have an explanation for why 1 billion Christians just up and went to some other party, right? Mm -hmm. Right. What a convenient explanation then if there was, if the, if what we're seeing is, you know, people are really seeing these things that are like UFOs, but maybe it's like a demonic activity where there's like groundwork being laid to give people an explanation for when a billion Christians simply disappear. Mm -hmm. Does that trip you up a little bit? Man, I've thought that same thing. I mean, it's, it's a, <laughs> It's a, it's another word for you know an abduction. You know these people were being abducted. Right, you know? right. <laughs> Although in this case we're choosing it because because if he's coming back, I'm going with him. <laughs> so, yep, exactly. Don't want to stick around here for that. But no, okay. So let's let's kind of maybe take it a little more seriously. I am fascinated with like that series. Um, what is it that's been on National Ge Geographic? Um, unidentified with. Uh, <clears throat> Um, the guy, Christopher Mellon, the former uh, assistant secretary of state or secretary of defense, and then uh, Lou Elizondo. These guys have these guys know some stuff and you can tell by looking at them. They know stuff they can't say and they're trying to sort of urge everybody toward it. Do you have any suspicion whatsoever that maybe maybe the government came up with some technology that's just leaps and bounds around ahead of everybody and it's just better for them? like it was with the stealth bomber for us all to think it's UFOs, or do you think they really have something they can't explain? Like, I think that they have something that they can't explain. I truly do. And, and I think that they're putting that out there uh, for other people to say, you know, well, we, we can't either, you know, trying to, and that could be a good point. I mean, if you think about it, if other governments and other militaries and stuff were seeing this and saying, well, you all, you know, they're, they're, they've got this, but then they've also reported things as well. So, right. I, I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's hard for me to believe I'm, that China or yeah. Russia have leapfrogged us to the point that they can now bend space time and and break the laws of physics. Like that's it's hard for me to believe that they can do that. Yep. 
I agree. And and frankly, it's hard I for agree. me to believe our government can do that when they can't even figure out how to put a sign in a post hole. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like. I just think that it's. I, I just think that there, this stuff is out there. We've got video evidence, but I, I think that they just don't want to create some kind of a. They're they're slowly easing us into it, you know, okay. and and and. So that's your theory is that it's this it's the slow leak out get us used to it. What better what yep. better time to get us sort of ensconced in the idea that it might be real than when we're scared of a virus. So we we probably won't be as scared of space aliens as we are of a virus, right? Um right. but I did see a poll the other day that more than half of people actually do believe now that there's intelligent life out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I think that I think it's probably greater than that. I mean, you, yeah, over half no, will admit no, it. Yeah, I mean, I, and that's the same thing with paranormal stuff, you know. Yeah, dude, when we when I do these events, I'll do promotions and stuff. I, you know, I'll be out promoting, you know, a, a Bigfoot event or a ghost event or or anything, and and I'll have people, you know, they'll walk by and they'll they'll see something on my table and they'll snark or whatnot, and you know, and they'll be like, "You don't believe in that crap, do you?" And like, "Yeah, I do," and you know, or you know, "I'm sorry if you don't," you know, I just you know reply whatever nicely. And, uh, you know, they'll walk by again and kind of laugh. And then the third time they walk by, they'll be like, let me tell you a story about when I was a kid and I saw something, you know. So I think that the 50 percent of the people that aren't saying that they that they believe in this stuff are afraid that they're going to be judged if they say they believe in this stuff. You know, they've had experiences and right. they've seen things, heard things, and, and they don't want other people to know that because they're going to think, man, was I crazy whenever I saw that or experienced right. that? Right. And so they, they just don't want that out there. Yeah, and I, man, I see it all the time firsthand from people. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, all right, you want to hear my story? You want to hear what I saw? I do. And and I I want you to poke holes in this, okay? <laughs> no, I do. I, right. I I really do. I want you to poke holes in it. Um, I you're the I told you the other day. You and my wife, the only ones that I showed this to. So I'm gonna post the picture that I sent to you. Uh, I actually have two pictures. I'm gonna post both of them on the. Uh, website. So if you're listening to this because you downloaded it or had it sent to you from iHeartRadio or whatever, go to the website, thedisruptionzone.com. And that's, I'm going to post uh, pictures on the, uh, on this post. There's going to be two of them and it, and it's not, I mean, it's, I, I didn't see like a Sasquatch. That's not what I saw, but I sent you this picture. First of all, what was your thoughts of it? When, when I sent that to you, what did you think? Uh, I mean, when I first saw it, I knew exactly what we were looking at. You know, and, and I actually I just pulled them up through the text right now. Okay. Um, it's a fresh break. Yes. And so, it, it, I would like to have had a um, a reference as to how big around that it was. Okay, I can know, I can help you with fruit. that. I can help you okay. with that because we got to go with the dimensions. Okay, so it was a baby tree. Okay, so here's what it is. I I was hiking in the Mount Massive Wilderness, which is really close to Independence Pass, and I would say kind of central western Colorado. Okay. Had my dog with me. We were we were going out, and we were at that point. We were a couple miles from from where the trail led in from the road, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a vi like a super forested area. It's right at tree line where we were hiking. Right, it's kind of up and down. You're kind of in undulating between tree line and maybe a little bit below it. Um, so so we're maybe five or six hundred feet below tree line. So there's some forest there, but it's like super steep where the forest is. It's kind of wide open meadows. There was this baby pine tree, and when, when you ask how thick it was, I'm going to guess that it was about eight or nine inches in di in, in, in uh, diameter, okay? So, okay. like, so like I could, 
I could probably put my hand almost all the way around the trunk, okay? Mm-hmm. So maybe three or four inches across, right? So now okay. this is bit, this is small enough that if I, I – I'm a pretty strong guy. I'm pretty fit. You got to be fit to be hiking where I was. I could not snap that with just taking one hand below, one hand above the break, and then just snapping it. Now, I could snap it by using my foot as leverage. But if I did that, it would cause major damage to a young tree. There was no other damage at all. The top of the tree, which was broken completely off, was nowhere to be found. There was no damage to the surrounding vegetation or the surrounding trees, which were a little farther away, maybe 30 yards away before you got to the bigger trees. There was no damage to any of that. And it was clearly not done with a human tool, as you saw in that picture. It was clearly a break-off. Something broke it off. So, and, and, and again, of course, like, here was my first thought, okay? My first thought was, because there's a lot of elk sign in that area, mm-hmm. there's even some moose sign in that area. And when you see, like, especially during rut, these elk will come in and they'll, they'll rub up against trees. They don't mess with these little bitty ones because there's no there's nothing for them to get purchase on to actually rub against right Mm -hmm. and then they do it against the bigger trees usually they do it against the aspen right because that's got the bark on it and they'll just kind of mess with that and they'll rub it with their antlers and that kind of thing and you'll see those 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 things that's not what this was this was something broke it off and something broke it didn't get sawed off it didn't get cut off it broke the top half of the tree off and then took it with them wherever they went so, what are your thoughts? And the, the thing is, I'm looking at the picture up closer now. Okay. So, there are multiple little limbs that have been broken off, and none of that was around, you said, right? No, none of that was around. At least now, I, I mean, I didn't spend an hour there, you know what I mean? Right, uh, right, right. But, but I don't remember seeing anything that looked like, you know, stuff strewn around from, from that tree itself. And also, the, also I would have expected wind damage to other vegetation if it had been wind that just would have snapped it off. It's a weird place to snap it off if it was wind. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of debunk wind right now because on the smaller limbs there, if you look at how the brakes are, they have been broken upward because the the brake, the bark is missing on the top sides from the from the bottom, from the, lim- the smaller limbs. So whatever broke those had broken upward. Does, that, does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it does, actually. Okay, I'm pulling it up right now, too. And uh, so... I see that. Yeah, okay, so I didn't notice when I took the picture. So something, has, one, two, something has broke it from the bottom up. Yeah, so there's one, two, three, four. I can see at least five other branches that were broken. Now, the other explanation, I guess the most logical explanation for this, if you want to use that, would be somebody used it for firewood. But we have a statewide fire ban right now. And there was no evidence in the area of having been a fire at any time. There was no campsite at that area. Um, and that is a young sapling. So why nobody nobody who knows how to make a fire would break young sapling yeah. up because you're not you're not going to light that. Right. I mean that was that's a fresh green Colorado blue spruce. I think is what that is. If I'm, I'm not yeah, sure. it's a spruce tree. Yeah. What about the top? Was was it broken in any certain direction? Because from that picture right there, it just looks like it was kind of. I don't see a twist. I don't see like where like it, it was broken over to one side where the yeah, bark is. Yeah, no, that was the weird part about it was it doesn't look like that. It almost looks like it was splayed, like it 
I mean, there doesn't seem to be a direction that it went. Right. I mean, it's it's actually what's funny is. I kind of took this picture as a joke, and I was actually going to text it to you and go, hey, man, it looks pretty squatchy up here. Like, that's what I was going to do. It's like, I actually took this picture specifically for you. And then, like, the more I looked at it, the more I went, what the frick is that, right? Because then I was like, I was like, now something's, because, I mean, I, I'm not a, I'm not an expert hunter, but I'm not a novice in the wild either. And I don't, this is not like, a bear might, maybe, maybe, but I don't know. I, I guess maybe the a bear could potentially or easily could have done it. I mean, easily could have just ripped it off there. I don't know why. And usually I'm not I've not known bear to just take stuff off with them into the hinterlands, like maybe drag it a little while and gnaw on it or chew on yeah, it. Or I think something. that I think that porcupines like I know that they'll eat the tops out of some limbs, you know, trees and stuff. But I, I think they just eat the bark. I'm not I'm not a I'm not a expert on porcupines because i've never yeah. seen one but well maybe somebody you know, could maybe somebody could that's listening could maybe elaborate on that a little bit because that's an interesting thought it is small enough of a tree that potentially an animal like that could gnaw through it but would they eat the whole top half <laughs> like, that's a good question like and, the, and with you not seeing any any of the the any of the brush that had been broken off around there at all it's just weird to me and and, and i'm and not saying it wasn't there i'm not saying it wasn't there i'm not i'm just saying i didn't see it and i i did i did look around for it and i didn't see it um now there's this was an area you've been out here before cuz you've you've been throughout mm-hmm. colorado looking for stuff so you know when I, I don't know what you call that uh those types of vegetation but it's like willows or something like that it's like a low bush you know what I'm talking about? And actually, right, right, these yes. bushes can get higher than a human, but from a distance, if you were looking at the side of the mountain, it looked like there wasn't anything there. But when you walk through it, it's pretty pretty heavy. It's good bear country is what it is. That was mm-hmm. everywhere out there. So there were places that something could have drug it, thrown it into that kind of vegetation, and I never would have seen it. So, you know, I don't want to I don't want to set false expectations, but I just didn't see right, it. And right. I right where I was at, you see the vegetation around it that that's mm-hmm. that's what was everywhere right where i was at so that's just kind of that thick underbrush stuff that, yeah that sucks to offer <laughs> yeah i mean at that at that in that particular location it was a little bit more than knee high um gotcha. but there was a trail there it was a really well marked well passed well walked trail mm-hmm. and there was nothing in that vicinity so I don't know, man. And and my, my first thought was, oh look, a baby Sasquatch broke this off. <laughs> and then and then the more I look at it, the more I'm like, what would have done that, right? Because I don't. I, I mean, a, a moose wouldn't have taken it with them. They might have gnawed ah, on it. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah. So. I know that you know the claims are with a lot with a lot of you know limb breaks and stuff. There are twists like twist motions involved. Yeah. It, uh, like if a human had done it, you would have worked it back and forth, maybe. Right. And you would have seen right. more of a splay, even more of a splay. This looks like it was just snapped. Like, it does. Like, like, yeah. Like something very, very quick and strong. Just went because there's just no, there's no break, there's no break angle to it at yeah. all. It just it blows my mind. It's yeah. like when I was a kid, um, we'd walk through the forest and you'd get a little branch, you just, you know, and just take it like that. It, it's almost like something did that, like just and took off with it. I don't know. And it could have been a human. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you, you see that picture there. I want to say it. I'm going from memory, but I would say maybe three or four inches across, maybe eight or nine inches in diameter around, maybe a little more than that. I'm not real good with that kind of stuff, but it was. How it, how high would that break up off the ground? Uh, a little lower than my waist, and I'm six two. 
Gotcha. So it wasn't it wasn't super high, um, which was another thing that I thought was kind of weird. I mean, it was like it may, maybe that may, maybe a leprechaun snapped it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It was it was. I would say it was right around my waist, maybe a little lower than waist high. And and I'm six two, so it's interesting. Yeah, and I like I said, you you're see, gonna, you're gonna happen upon something out there one day. You I know, know right? Sorry. And then I'm gonna be because like, <laughs> you you and I have always laughed about the fact that I'm a I'm an open minded skeptic, right? Like I'm just kind of uh-huh. like I, I keep that one eye open and one eye closed. And one of these days, I'm gonna be like Lee. Oh my God! <laughs> you know, or I'm gonna send you a video you know, or something. And be yeah, like, you're gonna shaky, shaky, unsteady video. And you're yeah. gonna send it, and I'll be like, "Man, we can't tell what that is." <laughs> yeah, you'll be like, "That's not what you think it is, Conway." <laughs> I don't know, but it, it it was fun to see it, and because I like that's what that's I think that's what I like about the wilderness is that um, I'm not gonna go so far as to say that I believe there are Sasquatch out there. What I will say is I believe there could be, and I do believe that places like where I was at are the kinds of places where they could exist and potentially never be seen by a human being. And that, yeah, and that is fascinating to me. And to see something like this that I can't necessarily readily and quick. Now, I'll post this. You watch. I'll post this on the website, and then somebody will be like, dude, it's this. You know, they'll just, (laughs) and and we'll be like, okay, (laughs) logical explanation. But, I mean, you've been around enough to see this stuff. You thought it was a little bit strange. You know, and I hadn't even noticed what you noticed were those other breaks. Mm-hmm. So something messed yeah, with it for a while. Broken up. Yeah, yeah. And again, I could I could have taken my foot, put it on the trunk of this tree, used it as leverage, and I could have snapped that tree using my foot as leverage if I'd have had that like right. But you would one it it would have it would have totally damaged the tree by by messing with its root system because it was that young. And it also, like you said, it would have broken one direction. Like it would have broken in the direction towards I, that I was pulling it towards me on. And it would have been hard to do that, but I could have potentially done that. There's no way I could have just snapped it off. No way. So. Anyway. And even then, I think there would have been like a, a break in the bark, you know. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a young tree, like you said. And you can see the other breaks. I mean, they're not, they're not clean. They're, you know, they're like the bark has been torn in the direction that the break took. Did, did I send you one picture or did I send you two? You sent two. Okay, good. Okay, so you do have the other one that shows a little more of the context of the surrounding vegetation uh-huh. and all of that. Okay, cool, because I'm going to post both yep. of them. So, all right. Interesting. Well, there you go. That's, um, I, I mean, I don't know what it was. I'm not professing to know what it was, but it, it <laughs> it's, uh, it's again, as somebody who's not necessarily a stranger to being in the outdoors, I am, I am relatively new to the Colorado wilderness. You know, most of my life was spent wandering around deserts and Kentucky forests, but um, but still, the, I, I do know the animals that I hunt, you know, elk, mule deer. Um, I don't hunt moose. We do have moose in Colorado. They don't typically come that far south. We were they, Most of the moose in Colorado are north of I-70, but we did have a moose here in Colorado Springs on the uh, Fort Carson base about three or four months ago. <laughs> So they do come this far south, and a moose could have easily done something like that. But again, you would have seen other sign. You would have seen the leftovers of it. You know, that's what's weird to me is that there was, I didn't, again, it could have been somewhere I didn't see it, but it, I didn't see it. So, huh, interesting. Hey, you want to talk about CryptoCon? You know yeah, go ahead. No, go yeah, ahead. Do you know that there's, uh, there is speculation as well, getting back to the, the government, that they do have, uh, Bigfoot bodies. Really? They have retrieved those. Yeah. Um, 
there's a there's a hilarious movie out called um the man who killed hitler and then killed bigfoot oh i saw i saw a preview have for you this. seen this it's hilarious it's got sam, it's got sam elliott in it and he as a, as a young guy and and, and you know in the, in the in world war uh one i guess he had uh he had killed hitler and then he comes back and he's this old guy now and and uh they've they've kind of brought him back on because there's this bigfoot that's killing all these wild animals and it's, they're afraid it's going to be poisonous or it's, you know it's rabbit or whatever and so he goes out and fights this thing and and but the whole the whole entire you know government is behind it and the army's behind it but that's kind of based on the theory that you know the government has one of these things either in captive or uh, and again they just don't want it to get out because they don't know how it's going to create you know hysteria some kind of hysteria yeah, okay. and they don't want people going out and trying to find these things and truly kill them Right. So, so I was going to say earlier, anybody who's faking it in a suit is dumb because somebody's going to shoot their ass, especially if they're in Alabama or something. But, oh, man, absolutely. But, well, Oklahoma has an open lot. Open that's right. That's right, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I've heard that guy. Um, <laughs> my friend, I, I think you probably know her, too, but my friend Connie Willis, who is uh, mm-hmm. sometimes a guest host on Coast to Coast, um, I heard her interview with the legislator who put that bill into play, and he claimed that he wasn't really trying to you know potentially get an actual bigfoot if it exists shot right. but i was right. like i get it it's a publicity stunt but to me it's like it's very arrogant of us again i i'm, I'm open-minded skeptic right i'm not saying i believe in these things what i am saying is that we find new species that we didn't know exist all the time and as somebody who grew up in the american west i can tell you right now you've never seen if you haven't been out here you've never seen wilderness like this and it's arrogant to think there couldn't potentially be a very smart, evasive species that still exists that we've never come across. Um, so it's kind of like the last thing I would want to do is have somebody shoot it. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. But to your point, my first reaction when you said, you know, the government, there's theories that the government might have it. My first reaction is like, oh, come on. But then, <laughs> but, but then look, if you think about it, who is the most likely person to have a legitimate, really honest to goodness encounter with a Bigfoot and potentially be in a position to actually catch one or engage with one. And that would be fish and wildlife in the various states across the country. Because uh-huh. even as an avid hiker myself, I don't hike the same trail every time. So, you know, you would say, hey, as much as you hike, Leland, wouldn't you have seen something by now? Not necessarily. I don't hike the same trail every time. But those fish and game wardens spend a lot of time in the same places out in that wilderness. So they have a better opportunity. So in other words, the government has a better opportunity to come in contact with them than we do. So, and it's also just like, you know, I'd, I'd mentioned this, this series before, but the, the missing four one, one series. Of yeah. Books and, and I got to watch that, but I'm terrified to do oh, it before I go to. hunting. <laughs> you've got, you've got to watch it. Yeah. I was with David Pilates this weekend, actually. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, so he, I had him down in Gatlinburg at the at the Bigfoot conference, and and he, I mean, he, you know, he had a hundred people in his line all day long because people were just infatuated with this. Yeah, and when he would go to these national park systems and say, "Hey, can I have a um, a copy of the the missing persons and all these reports? I want to know you, where your reports were." They're like, "We can't do that." And so he filed for everything, and he said, I'll pay you for it. And they come back with like a $2 million price tag to try to get him this stuff. Just, you know, making it unreasonable for him. So are they trying to hide something, you know, that, that 
the, all these people are missing in the in the national park systems. That's interesting. You know, it's man, it's so it's so good. You've got to you've got to. I'm going to watch. I promise. The, I I literally I'm telling you the only reason <laughs> I haven't watched it is because every time I think about it, I'm about to go on some excursion and it scares the crap out of me. Um, and, but I think I know I, that one one of one of the one of the um, one of the episodes in his documentary are. It was in uh, Estes Park, just outside of Estes Park. Of course Park. it was. Of course it was. Because yeah. <laughs> so, up in that general area is where I'm going mule uh, mule deer hunting this year. So, of course, yeah, that's where yeah. it was. <laughs> right at the mouth of uh, Trail Ridge Road, I think, comes out of Estes Park. Great. There. Great. That's good to know. So, what I'm, <laughs> I got I got my, my nephew and one of my best friends is coming up to hunt with me this year. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make us all – we're going to be camping. Um, I'm going to make – and we're going to be camping in the truck – and I'm gonna be ma- I'm gonna make us all watch it the night before we head out there. Yes, do it. Then we'll be then we'll be and then I'm just gonna yeah. I'm, I'm gonna he, send he you. Never, he, what's that? Go ahead. I was gonna go say ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you like a midnight video and be like Lee. I just heard something. <laughs> you know? It's gonna be like the video from uh, Blair Witch. Yeah, Remember yeah. the video when the girl was talking at the camera? Yeah, exactly. Grandma's coming out of your nose. Yeah. Oh my God, man! This is the last communication ever. Oh my God! Oh, that's, that's so funny. Uh, but it's he never comes out and says that it's Bigfoot though. Just know right, that. I mean, right. he never comes out and says anything like that. But he says, "What is it?" You know what I mean. And right. and, and for the for the government and the national park systems to to cover this stuff up and hide it and not put it out there, it's just weird, man. I, and and you really got to check that out. You would be yeah. you would be really into it. Well, and I've seen um, I've seen several documentaries on the disappearances that have taken place in Alaska. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's a whole myth and lore around just that alone, and then you look at the Pacific Northwest. I mean, there's oh, a yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with Bigfoot on it, but there's an interesting show you might find that you like, and it's it's a few years old, but you can still get it on an Apple TV. But it's it's called uh, um, I think it's uh, Northwest uh, Northwoods Northwoods Justice or something like that. I'll get the name and, and put it on the post, okay. but it, it's um it's basically about everything that goes missing in the Pacific Northwest, and Jeez. it's the law enforcement having to deal with all of that stuff. And they're throughout. There's a thread running through the show where they're trying to hunt for. They've got body parts and they're trying to figure out whose they belong to and all that kind of stuff. It's crazy, but when you realize how thick and dense that is and how easy it is for people to be disappeared, so to speak, it 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 makes you think twice. You know. It really does, and I mean it's it's, I mean it's fascinating. And you know, I'm a hunter. I've been I've hunted all my life. I've never seen anything like that out while hunting. But um, man, I would love to though. Yeah. Gosh, I would just love to. I would love to be you know just, I just have that confirmation. I just don't want it to eat me. I don't want to. I don't want it. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to see it and then not be able to tell everybody about it. Right? Like that's me. I'm 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 a mouth. That's what I am. I've made my living with my. So the la- like that would be the worst kind of thing for me. Is like. Oh my gosh, it's real. <laughs> Chomp. I'm gone. I can't tell anybody. I'll be on the other I'm gonna haunt your ass from the other side because hey, I, I didn't I get to tell you. I'll communicate with you. Okay. But wait a what happened to you? I'll be like, wait do you hear, man? <laughs> so anyway, well tell tell me about Crypticon. Um it's coming to Lexington November twentieth and twenty first, I think it is. Um Right. I don't know if you're ready to announce the full lineup or not yet, but tell me what you want to tell people and of course we'll have you back on before the the big deal anyway, but, uh, right just, on, yeah. just let people know Man, what you're ready to let them know. We are really, really pumped up and excited for CryptidCon this year. You know, we took last year off because of the pandemic 
And so, I mean, we're just ready to get back out there. And, and I think everybody else in this too is pretty evident, you know, from the, the convention last weekend that we were at and, and, but you know, we've had to double our space this year. We've taken all the space for the venue. Um, we, we sold out of all of our vendor booths of our original vendor booths and, and VIP tickets in one week after wow. announcing wow. that we were just doing it. We didn't even announce a guest at that point. Um, so once we started announcing guests, you know, people were like, Hey, we want to come, we want to come. And so we had to double our, our vendor space. Um, but so far we've got the complete cast of finding Bigfoot joining us, uh, which they've never done an event together. Uh, so you're going to have uh, Cliff Berrickman, uh, Bobo, James Bobo Fay, I guess, um, Renee Holland and Matt, Matt Moneymaker. So, you know, it's kind of a big deal to get all those guys back together. Um, you know, they filmed over a hundred episodes of finding Bigfoot together and, and uh, got lots of lots of cool stories. And of course, Matt Moneymaker is the the founding founder of the Bigfoot Research Organization. So, oh, cool. I mean, it's that's that's the thing out there. You know, that's the that's what set the the precedence for everything as far as Bigfoot researching and, and networking. Right. So, you know, kind of kind of neat to hear uh, you know for him to, to be there and kind of talk about the, the stuff that he's done. Yeah. Um, and we've you know we've loaded up with other guests. And yeah, I'm not quite ready to announce some more. Um, but we are going to have several more guest announcements coming up. Um, we're just really excited about it this year, man. Awesome. I'm, I'm pumped up. Well, and, and it's super easy to get tickets. Basically, you just go to crypticon.com. It's C-R-Y-P-T-I-D-C-O-N.com. Um, right. And it's going to be right there in Lexington. So it's uh, it's going to be at the Clarion Conference Center North. And again, it's yep. the 20th and 21st. And um, you, that website, people can watch that if they want to see because you make the announcements on there of who – who's going to be and all that kind of stuff. And then you can literally yep. just click on that website and buy tickets right there. Yep. We are sold out of VIP tickets, um, but we do have weekend passes and day passes available. And they awesome. will not sell out. Fantastic. So. Fantastic. Well, it, dude, it's always good to talk to you. I appreciate you being on with me and uh, it's fun. It's, it's, it's fun to catch up with you and, uh, and just kind of talk a little bit about this stuff, man. It's if, if there weren't mysteries in the world, what would life be like? Right. Oh yeah, it just it takes us away from this this crazy reality that we have, right? No doubt, my friend. Gives, gives us something else to think about. All right, buddy. Thanks. We'll talk soon. Okay. Hi, right, brother. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye, bye. All right. Always fun with the great Lee Kirkland. Um, check out that Crypticon website. It's uh, Crypticon.com. So you get your uh, tickets asap. Make that happen. Um, and uh, tell your friends because this is going to be a fun, fun event. Uh, I'm going to try to get there. I don't know if I can make it or not, but I'm going to try to. Do everything I can. Big thanks to Louisville Cabinets and Countertops for being a sponsor of this program. They make this labor of love possible. Um, I've told you this once. I'll tell you a thousand times. I don't talk about businesses that I don't fully believe in. Um, I believe in them because I know Tim. We've been friends for a long time, and they did our kitchen and our master bathroom, and they did a fantastic job on both. And I'm confident that the work that they did is the reason our house sold in less than a day. Look, if you're ready to really up the ante on your home, and right now it's a great time to like do like a home equity loan. Those interest rates are ridiculously low. Home equity is high. Man, go ahead and make that dream kitchen. If you're not going to leave your home, if you're going to stay in it forever, go ahead and make it your dream kitchen. Or if you're thinking about flipping it, it's a good idea to get a great kitchen in place. right? So either way, it's a good investment. Call them at 502-930-3304. Talk to George, Michelle, or Kelly, the uh, designers on staff. Or just go to the website. Look at the in-stock cabinets if you're a do-it-yourselfer. Um, and uh, listen, we got uh, the quartz countertops. They were a little more expensive, but it was totally worth it for us. 
because of our lifestyle. They're low maintenance, but they were beautiful. And the quartz has come a long way. Like it used to be, it was just kind of like a one kind of color or whatever. But now it's it, like people came in and they were like, oh, that's really nice granite. And we we're like, yeah, it's not granite. It's quartz. Um, and it just is much lower maintenance. So it was definitely worth it. But whatever you're looking for, even if you're just doing laminate or something like that. But if you're looking at granite or, or quartz or any other type of hard surface, these are your guys. It's Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Big thanks to uh, my producer and uh, my co-producer and co-host when he's here, Cameron Mills. We appreciate him a ton. We appreciate also uh, J- uh, JP Web Design and Dynamics Audio Productions in Lexington. And we appreciate you for downloading this podcast. Please share it with your friends. Um, go to at uh, GreatlyLondo on Instagram or at the Disruption Zone on Instagram, or go to Zone Disruption on Twitter, or at Leland Show on Twitter. Follow us there. And again, you can uh, download the podcast for free and have brand new episodes delivered to your phone very easily at iHeartRadio's app, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening. I'm Leland Conway, the Disruption Zone.